Unless otherwise indicated, Ratchet Book Club is intended for a mature audience. Viewer discretion is greatly advised. Welcome to Ratchet Book Club, where we read hood classics and good classics. I'm Derek. 916-633-1537, Ratchet and Ratchet at gmail.com, Ratchet Book Club on Twitter, Ratchet Book Club on Facebook. A Loss of Virginity. Come on, Mom. Look, girl, I said I was coming, Patty shouted. Tracy was impatiently waiting with Jason, ready to go to the mall. Dag, you always taking all day. You know what, Tracy? If I hear another word from you, I'm going to smack your mouth off. Moms make threats like that. My mom used to tell me that she was going to pull my lips over my head and punch me in my throat. Now, why did she say that to me? I don't even remember. It was probably some fuck shit, though. I was good for it at that age. Not bad fuck shit. Just some off the wall. Just think of me now. And then see me like much skinnier, um, younger, handsome, and full of myself. Yeah, I would have punched me in the throat too. Sit down, boy. Dag, I'm tired of you, Tracy said, forcing Jason to sit on the couch. Patty stormed down the stairs and grabbed her. Tracy broke her hold, dashing quickly away to avoid her. Girl, come here, because I told you about that, Patty said, dressed in a purple jogging suit with white tennis shoes. Her daughter had thrown up some raggedy jeans and an old blue guest shirt. Tracy laughed. What I do, Mom? See, you think I'm playing with you, don't you? You keep acting up, Tracy, and you won't get any summer clothes. Come on, Mom, it ain't even worth all that. They went to the Cheltenham Mall to shop for summer outfits. Since Kerman's party nearly three months ago, Tracy has still not been able to see the guy named Victor. She had been to four more parties since then, and he was never there. Nevertheless, she continued to think about him. Tracy and her mother shopped for bargains from one store to the next as Jason tagged along, pouting. I'd pout too. I used to hate shopping for clothes. I still do. Like, I'm a get in and get out type nigga. That's why the best thing about online shopping is clothes. You know my size. My wife buys me shirts. She told me yesterday, I bought some shirts and some shorts. And I was like, thank you, baby. I'm trying to be, I'm trying to slim up a bit. So then I can just start rocking Nike sweatsuits, like the all black ones, and then wear the low top black um, shoes with ankle socks or else no socks and just look real comfy. I ain't started yet, though. Everyone was interested in Hawaiian shorts, so Tracy gathered several pairs with matching colored socks. She bought two pairs of sunglasses, a Hawaiian cloth pocketbook, and a pair of white leather sandals. Jason, tired of being cooped up inside of department stores, dashed away from his sister's hand after coming out of Gimbel's. Tracy ran after him. J 
Jason ran 300 round people before she finally caught him. She then marched him back to Patty, who stood smiling. Jason twisted and pulled, trying to get away, but Tracy had a tight grip on his kid-sized jumper. Shit, let that little nigga run off from me and dart through people in and out of traffic. You know what I do? It depends on the age. At that age, I probably would have caught up to him, picked him up, like held him like a like a football, carried him underneath my shoulder back to my mom and dropped him off and been like, come on now. At this age, I'd probably just walk behind him from a distance. Not so close that I'm chasing after me thinks it's a game, but walk behind him from a distance until he thinks that he's lost and he breaks down and starts crying. I don't know. We figure it out. But also, I wouldn't be forcing a little kid to go shopping all day long. Like, I go to track meets right now with my son, Devin. He's a sophomore in high school. And so, that's what he does. He does track. And I get out there, and it's like, and you see these kids at these track meets who are like three, four, five, and six who have to sit there for like six hours. And it's unfair to these kids. And I feel so badly for them. And I feel like just asking the parents, like, you didn't have nothing else, nobody else who could watch these kids so they could do something fun while your older one does this. All it does is makes them resent the sport. Until they're old enough to actually participate in some way, shape, or form, they shouldn't have to sit there and watch them all day long. Like, that's awful. He fast, Mom. I know. Maybe he can run track or something. Yep, maybe, Tracy agreed, maintaining a grip on her brother as he continued to try and twist free. No, he wailed. Patty said, look, I'm going over to sit on this bench. Why don't you take him to get some ice cream? She pointed to the store and gave Tracy $5. So you're only getting him ice cream, right? Like, ain't nobody else getting ice cream with that $5 nowadays. See what I did there? Also, never understood the idea of going to the store, like in the mall, to buy ice cream. An entire container of ice cream at Walmart costs, like, between $3 and $5. A cone at one of these stores costs, like, 8 bucks. Make it make sense. Oh, it's different. Oh, they got that kind that I like. Oh, they got that flavor. You can find damn near anything in the frozen food section of Walmart as far as ice creams go. The only thing I haven't found out here is Bluebell, and that's because they don't have it on the West Coast. Hold up, boy, Tracy told him. Jason squealed, jumping up and down. Yay! Hold up, boy, Tracy told him. She ordered eggnog for her brother and butter pecan for herself. Where do they have eggnog ice cream at in the summer? Who do that? One thing I know, as an acclaimed and admitted eggnog addict, is that you ain't getting no eggnog nothing anywhere other than between November the 7th and January the 4th. So where is that? Hmm, Okay. She then noticed a couple walking towards her as she and Jason headed back to their mother. The boy was slightly taller than Tracy, wearing a white Adidas sweatsuit and Nike sneakers. His dark chocolate brown skin stood vividly out from the bright white clothing he wore. His face was smoothly handsome, and he had a sharp blocked haircut with an attractive pair of connecting eyebrows. His confident smile soothed Tracy's soul. The girl he was with was the same bright, honey brown tone as Tracy. 
with shortcut asymmetric hair. She was wearing sunglasses, a pair of Hawaiian colored pants, a red shirt, and matching red socks. And she was carrying a light brown leather pocketbook. Tracy felt embarrassed as she had left the house wearing a pair of wrinkled pants and a shirt. She was envious because she did not have a boyfriend to walk hand in hand with inside the mall. Her butter pecan ice cream cone had lost its flavor. Tracy walked back to her mother, long face. What's wrong with you? Patty asked her. Nothing, Tracy responded, sitting on the bench next to her mother. Shucks, girl, you like you just lost your best friend. Tracy chuckled, continuing to stare at the couple. The forgotten ice cream began to drip down her hands. Look what you're doing, it's getting all over you, her mother warned. I got it, Mom. Tracy licked her hand, watching as a couple ordered their own ice cream, and the girl paid for it. They began to walk through the mall again as a crew of boys hurried up from behind to catch up to them. One boy shouted, Yo, Vic, hold up, man. Tracy immediately sat alert, appearing to be energized. It was him. The boy shook Victor's hand as his girlfriend waited at his side. Tracy was pressed to get another look at him. She waited for her friends to leave and then watched as Victor and his Hawaiian dress companion went inside of a record store. Mom, I'll be right back, she told her mother. Boy, your sister thinks she grown, Patty said to her son as she watched her daughter switching through the mall. Yeah, I know, right? I don't know. Tracy strolled into the record store, plotting on getting close to Victor, but Hawaiian girl was too close to him. She held three cassette tapes in her hand, New Edition, Rick James, and DeBarge. Tracy took peeks of Victor's handsome dark face as she skimmed through a pop section. He had perfect features. He does look pretty, she thought as she watched him. When Tracy decided to circle him, Victor caught her eye. For an instant, she was breathless as her heart jumped with excitement. Victor quickly turned away, and Tracy felt brokenhearted, yearning for his attention. She walked out, slowly, misled by her attraction to him and thinking, he'll never talk to me. Victor, like a train, zoomed by her with money in his hands. Tracy quickened her pace behind him to see where he was headed. Victor stopped in the middle of her path, like a car at a red light. Tracy slowed down, feeling silly while she wondered if he knew that she was following him. She thought then about her sloppy clothes and wished she had never gotten close. But Victor smiled at her. Hey, come here. Ain't your name Tracy? he asked. She obediently came to him. Yeah, how you know, she asked, gasping. Because I heard you was one of the flyest young girls around the way, and I seen you before, he told her. You live on Diamond Lane, right? he asked, looking over her tall, curved frame. Tracy's rep had surprisingly grown. Even Victor has heard about me, she told herself with a grin. How you know that, she wanted to know. Oh, I've been watching you, he said, backing away with the smile that I was worth taking a picture of. Patty noticed her brief chat as her daughter headed back to the bench. Are you ready to go? She asked. Tracy nodded as her mother got up from her rest with her son in hand and walked towards the exit. Do you know that boy you were talking to? Patty asked her daughter curiously. Yeah, Tracy lied, keeping her cool. She didn't really know him. She had only heard things about him while longing to meet him one day. Well, that boy is something else, Patty responded. Tracy lost her poise. Why you say that? She asked excitedly. Patty shook her head. He was at the hoagie shop with a whole heap of guys and beat some boy up. I felt sorry for the boy, but the hell if I was going to get involved in the way these kids act today. They don't have respect for anyone. Why? What'd he do? Tracy asked. The boy apparently said he was going to get him for messing with his girlfriend. Yep, girl. This was three nights ago when I was coming home from work. 
Well, how come you didn't tell me about that? Patty frowned. What, I have to report to my 13-year-old daughter everything I see and do? I didn't figure you knew the boy. How old is he anyway? 16. 16? God, that boy looks young, Patty responded, shocked. He got one of the baby faces. He looks your age to me. Tracy chuckled as they climbed inside of the car in the parking lot. Patty began to think about her husband, Dave, and his baby face. She missed not being able to share anything with him. A half of a man didn't seem like much of a man at all. Yet no one else interested her. She had tried the dating game before, only to come up empty, especially with Dave popping up around them the way he did. Tracy, would you like to go to the movies with us? Patty suddenly asked her daughter. Tracy looked puzzled. I didn't know y'all was going to the movies, she said, looking back at Jason, who sat fastened inside of the backseat without a clue. Well, I figured since we're already up here and it's still early, then why not? Tracy thought about getting home to tell Jantel the news. She then noticed the empty look on her mother's face and made an easy decision. Her mother was lonely. Okay, Mom, I'll go. Patty looked as if a huge burden had been lifted from her shoulders. She had not been spending much time with her children while sweating over her situation with Dave. And even though it was only a movie, it was better than going back to an empty house. Tracy then convinced her mother to walk back through the mall instead of driving around the theater. You just want to see that boy again, Patty told her with a smile. Tracy giggled. That's right, she thought. Yet Victor was nowhere in sight. I'm not a girl. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a cis male, and so I don't know. Uh... But is there a, a line that's being crossed in y'all's family relationships when your mom's like your best friend or your mom acts like you're her best friend or your mom talks to you like y'all are best friends? Isn't it like a culture shock when your mom then goes from that to being jealous of you and hating you and arguing with you and fighting with you and all that kind of shit? Like, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm just asking. And it's not just black women i've seen it with white women as well and so i'm just curious like that whole growing up closer to anyone and your baby is born and you're taking pictures of them and posting that they're your best friend and they're like four like is that does that work i'm just you know once they had arrived back at home tracy put her new clothes away and went outside to sit on her steps before the sun went down it was a beautiful saturday in april she felt wonderful after meeting Victor. He had the self-assurance of a king and was charming like a prince. He even seemed thoughtful and informed. He probably knows more about me than I know about him, Tracy mused. And his eyes, they just go right through you. You see right through me. How do you do that shit? Nicki Minaj, she was singing on her first album. If he ever touched her, Tracy thought she would lose control. No wonder Victor had so many girls. He made her feel special, filling her day with just a minute of his time. And he said that he was watching her. Rahima and her mother pulled up in Beth's new Toyota Tercel after they had gone shopping. Hi, Tracy, Beth perked before going in. Rahima stopped to chat with her neighbor. How are you doing, Tracy? She asked as if she felt good about something. Rahima appeared to be excited was a rarity. She took her bags in and returned to sit on Tracy's lower step. Tracy was speechless as she observed her, envying Rahima's long brown ponytail. She just gotta show that hair off, Tracy thought. So what's been up, Tracy? Rahima asked, sounding more hip than her usual Catholic school self. 
Nothing. What about you? Tracy asked, tight-lipped. She was still wondering what her neighbor was so happy about. I'm going to a play tonight, Raheem informed her without being asked. Well, she did ask her. She asked what's going on with you. That's that's. Tracy smirked. So that's what it is. A play? For what? She queried, frowning as if it was corny. Rahima frowned back at her. She felt that Tracy was acting childish, afraid to try new things. Because it's cultural. Tracy could imagine it. A bunch of white people talking at the top of their lungs about Shakespeare and music and art and about the torture of love. Yet, Patty had taken her to a few African-American plays at the Freedom's Theater when she was younger. Maybe a play wouldn't be as bad as she thought. Is it a black play? She asked with new interest. Rahima shook her head. No. This is me. Is it a black play? And me saying, and her saying no, means that there won't be a moment halfway through the play where they just burst in a song and start just singing oldies for no fucking reason. I'm looking right at you, Tyler Perry. When you did your plays, my guy, like it was, it was, it's not just you. It's not just you, but it's you. Like, you really started this sh gangsta shit. Like, every black play now has at least one singer in it. At least one singer. And it's always, you know, somebody who's dope as fuck, but they're no longer relevant in the musical industry to the young folks, and so now they're doing plays. Like, um... Peebo Bryson! Yeah, that nigga. So... You'll have a moment where Peebo Bryson gets to in the middle for no fucking reason, sing a cornucopia of his greatest hits while everybody else stands around in the kitchen and the light is just black around them. Like you can't even see them. All you see is Peebo as he comes out and sings, Love! I don't even know a Peebo Bryson song off the top of my head. But it'll be like George fucking Benson showing up in a play. He can't act, but he could sure to fuck sing Turn Your Love Around. <laughs> That's what black plays are now. And I need to go to more because I love them. But at the same time, you ain't fooling nobody. It's really just a concert with spoken word before and after it. Tracy grunted. Hmm. So she's going to see some white people like I thought, she reflected. Jantel's having her party tonight, she informed her neighbor. She knew Rahima wouldn't care, but she decided to tell her about it anyway. Skinny Jantel? I'm not going to her party. Jantel ain't all that skinny no more, Tracy commented, defending her friend. Over the years, Jantel had become her best friend. They had spent the most time together. Well, you know how I feel about parties, Rahima said nonchalantly. She was sick of telling Tracy. Tracy shook her head. I don't know how you're ever going to grow up if you all worried about boys using you and stuff, she alluded. Uh, she going to grow up regardless, but you're a kid, so you wouldn't know that. Like, But, I mean, can we give Tracy some nuance? Please, like, something other than boys, parties, and clothes. Something. Anything. And at the same time, give Rahima a little bit of nuance. Like, you're, you, yeah, I understand why she's doing her stuff, though. Like, her dad is shitty. But Tracy's dad is shitty, too. It's just that Patty's not really talking about how shitty Dave is to Tracy at this age. Like, she talked to her about it when they first broke up. But now it's like not. Now she just thinks her shit. I think Raheem is actually more well-rounded than Tracy is. But I also feel like this is more of a cautionary tale than anything else. And I don't know. I don't know. Raheem's fear of boys was her real reason for not liking parties. 
She probably can't even dance, Tracy figured. Nigga, she was in a dance class. Of course she can dance. She can do the, the uh and the jerk and the... the. There's dances that literally have racial slurs as their names and people were okay with them because they were dances. And I don't know how that works. I'm looking at you, the WAP. Like, also doo-wop. Like, I feel like that was probably not, but still, I don't know how that went. I think it was because niggas were just out there on the block literally going, doo-wop, shoo-ow, doo-wop, shoo-ow. So that was doo-wop music. I wonder who the first person was who was like, you know what I'm going to do? Watch this, y'all. Watch this. All right, y'all. Follow my lead. I got this. Oh, my God. Ah! Niggas just started falling out like they did on that 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 uh, that meme about the freestyle who can't really rap. I'm not a rapper. Like they fell out like him. One nigga had his hands on his cheeks because the nigga was like, nigga, where you coming with that from? What the fuck? What the fuck? You didn't tell me you could. Mom, mom, come come see this shit. Mom, do it again, my nigga. All right. I'm going to do it again. You ready, Miss Jenkins? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. Mr. Jenkins, I'm, I'm, I'm divorcing you. I'm marrying this young man right here. His voice. Who? Who? The Lord bless him. Who? Who? Like, who was the first person to do that? I bet you they got it on Wikipedia. I bet you I'm going to change it to Derek Jones. I bet you won't nobody notice. <laughs> Whatever, Rahima retorted. Yeah, okay, girl, but you can't run from boys your whole life, so you better get used to them now, Tracy piped. Rahima stood to go in. Well, most likely when I'm older, I'll doubt if it'll be boys I'm interested in, she remarked. Smart ass, Tracy mumbled as her neighbor excused herself. Because she's going to be interested in the men. Tracy got ready for Jantel's party after eating. She was certain Victor would be there. What time can I expect you back in? Her mother asked her. Tracy was apprehensive. Patty had never asked her what time. She had always told her to be home before the midnight curfew. She's still 13. We're giving real-ass midnight curfews to 13-year-olds. Huh. Okay. Why? It's not like it's summer. It's it's April. We're giving a midnight curfew to a 13th. Oh. Uh, I don't know. Tracy stammered, confused. Well, since it's Jantel, you can stay later if you like, Patty told her. Tracy was visibly pleased. For real, Mom? Her mother nodded to her. Yeah, as long as you don't leave the party and go off some damn way with some boy getting into something you have no business getting into, she warned with a raised index finger. Tracy sucked her teeth. I'm not going to do that, Mom. All right, then. You can stay out later, and I want you to call me before you decide to head home. All right, Tracy perked. Dag, I need to hang out with my mother more often. That movie put her in a good mood, she told herself. She sat around watching TV until it got late. The latecomers always attracted the crowds. The party started at 9, but it was after 10 before Tracy finally decided to go. What are you doing? Patty asked her. Tracy grinned as she stood up from the living room couch and walked over to turn her television off. I'm leaving right now, Mom. I just wanted to walk in a little late. Patty grimaced, reflecting on when she was a teen. Mm-hmm, she grumbled. Just make sure you remember what I told you. 
Tracy shook her head, heading for the front door. I'm not going to run off with no boy, Mom, I promise. Okay, Patty told her teenage daughter. You know what? After the dude came out with the body butter doo-wop, shoo-ow, doo-wop, shoo-ow. I bet you he was hella popular at school for like the next like five to six weeks. And then there was a new transfer in school. And the doors opened up and like music from an old Western star playing like. (laughs) And he walked in and everybody looked at him. And he walked over to the guy and he was like. My name is Claude. And the guy was like, hey, what's up, man? And he was like, nothing. I heard y'all got a little group going on. And the guy was like, yeah, I'm the lead on it. What can you do? And Claude was like, well, you go ahead and get started and I'll show you. And the dude was like, all right, stand back real quick. Prepare yourself. And a crowd of girls came around just ready to put their hands to their forehead and be like, oh. And he was like, Body body doo wop, shoo a doo wop, shoo a doo wop, shoo a doo wop, shoo And then Claw was like, Ah! And the lights fucking turned off in the school hallway. And then a halo of light just appeared over Claude's head. <laughs> and 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 it was the janitor working on like the lights, the you know, making sure that the lighting system worked and shit, but nobody cared. And so now Claude was the guy. So he was like the guy for like the next six weeks. And then the first guy comes up to Claude and he's like, We should team up. I start, you finish. And then they go out and they find more guys from other schools. And that's how the first doo-wop band got started. I'm going to put that on Wikipedia. No one's going to ask questions. Tracy walked through the empty streets towards her best girlfriend's house, hoping that everyone would already be there, particularly Victor. Hey, what's up, Tracy? Why you stop calling me? Travis asked, catching her on the street. Because, she responded, still walking. As usual, Travis was high on drugs. He jumped at her and yanked her by the arm. Hold up, girl. I don't appreciate that shit. You don't just brush me off. Tracy shouted, get off me. Travis let her go after seeing how serious she was. He stood back and admired her beautiful body and fashionable dress. Thirteen people. Tracy arrived at the party and greeted Jantel, who was collecting dollars, as they say on RuPaul. Dollars. Who was collecting dollars at the door. Yeah, I messed up and then I played it off. I'm going to leave it in there, though, because that shit was dope. What took you so long, Miss Thang? I had to do something for my mother, Tracy lied. She then cracked an enormous smile. Is Victor here yet? "Uh Uh-uh, Jantel told her. I haven't seen him. Are you sure? Tracy asked, still pressed. Jantel looked at her as if her girlfriend was crazy. I'm at the door, ain't I? She huffed. Tracy smirked and walked in. Victor was sneaking out of a girl's back door on a nearby street. He stopped to have a few last-minute words with her. Was it good? He wore a yellow Izod jacket and blue Calvin Klein jeans. The girl wore a pink terry cloth bathrobe and nothing more. Okay, I'm going to put on my clothes. You just put on that robe. Then we're going to go talk. All right, cool. Yeah, she said, smiling. Victor asked her as he gently held her hand. So are you in love with me now? Are you fucking serious? I mean... 
I mean, they be loving the crew. And they be loving the crew. That's 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 also a song that Claude and the other guy. I'm gonna have to give the other guy a name. Let's see. Lewis. That's the song that Lewis and Claude was working on when they started the doo-wop crowd. That that's what it led to was the crew. Yeah. She responded in a daze. She was a pretty brown skin, but Victor had messed up her hairdo with his passion, running his hands wildly through her hair during their teenage lovemaking. Victor asked, when do you want me to come over again? Whenever you want to, she answered him. Victor's grin was sinister. It's up to you. The pretty brown-skinned girl nodded her head with a long, passionate stare. All right, then. You can come over after school on Monday, Victor asked. Are you sure you want me to? It was part of his game, to make her surrender to his young and powerful ego. Yeah, I want you to, she answered, nearly hypnotized. Mission accomplished, Victor smiled and gave her a kiss. Then he ran off for home. 16. Victor was sure he could charm his way inside Jantel's party. He showered up, redressed, patted on some gray flannel cologne and sprinted from his house. He didn't even carry a dollar with him to pay. Come on, Jantel, if I had a party, I'd let you in free, he argued at Jantel's front door. Jantel was far from believing him. The only reason I'm going to let you in is because my girlfriend wanted to see you, she said, running her big mouth. What girlfriend? My girl, Tracy. Oh, she was looking for me, huh? Victor said, smiling. He grinned, planning on seducing Tracy. Victor walked down into the basement and gave Tracy a wink. Tracy thought he would stop and talk, but Victor strolled over to chat with his slim brown friend, Mark Bates. Mark asked, yo, what's up, lover? Did you hit it? Victor said with a smile, what, she don't know? You better ask somebody, he bragged of his sexual conquest. Man, she in love with me now. I tore that ass up like a god. Ask her about it. She'll tell you. I feel like I'm doing these kids a disservice by uh, making my voice so deep. But I mean, he's fucking 16. But Travis should have sounded like this. Hey, Tracy, where are you going, girl? I wish you were still my girl. I love you, girl. Hey, Tracy, I smoke weed and I'm 13, but I still got a lot of hope in front of me for the future. Hey, Tracy, you know weed isn't addictive, right? I just like it. Hey, Tracy, that's not going to make me into a heroin addict, though. Hey, Tracy, hey, Tracy, hey, Tracy, watch what I can do. I learned that from a doo-wop group. Hey, Tracy. That's the voice I should be giving. <laughs> oh, shit. That's the voice I should be giving these kids. Victor knew that Tracy was watching him. Jantel gave up her info and told him everything. Victor could do that to a girl, make her give up her soul for a hint of his young love. He decided to have a little fun with Tracy, doing what he did best, playing head games. He floated over to a light brown-skinned girl who was already waiting for him. I thought you said you was going to call me, Victor. Victor gamed her. In other words, he made up a clever response to keep her interested. I would have called you, but I just got back from shopping with my brother. He wouldn't let me use his car phone, he outright lied. Your brother has a car phone? Victor shrugged. Yeah, it's no big deal, especially if he won't let me use it. He moved closer to her, feeling over her body, compelling her to try and kiss him. Victor then moved away, successfully teasing her as she began to whine to him. Why are you playing with me? 
The guys envied Victor and admired him, especially when he was at work with the girls. He was their hero. I wonder who Omar Tyree was writing Victor after. Seriously, I wonder. Like it, it might not have been him. I'm not alluding to that. I'm just saying I wonder who it was supposed to be. Tracy watched jealously from a distance. I just don't feel like kissing right now. Why, you got a new girlfriend in here? Actually, it says, why, you got new girlfriend in here? The girl assumed. See, Victor, you get on my damn nerves, she responded, pretending to push him away. She loved the attention that he was giving her. Victor said, look, Sam, are your parents asleep yet? He was up against the wall with her. I don't know, she responded. Well, if you want, I could come over tonight, he suggested nonchalantly. He couldn't let her think he was actually excited about it. Samantha answered him quickly. I don't care. Victor stared into her soft brown eyes. But do you want me to? Samantha snapped, weary of his teasing. I said, yeah. No, you didn't. You said you don't care, he corrected her. She smiled bashfully at his quick wit. Tracy was fed up. She romped back up the stairs. So what time should I come over? Victor asked the girl. I don't know. What time will your parents go to sleep tonight? I don't know. They'll probably be up waiting for me. Victor leaned over to whisper. Alright, look, Sam. Why don't you go home and act like you're sleeping so that I don't wait up for you? Then around 1 o'clock, I'll come around and sneak in your basement. Samantha was tickled by the idea. Alright, then, she agreed, impressed at how sneaky he was. That's why none of my basement windows fucking open. Also, I, I, don't, I don't have a basement. So my lower level, yeah, the window's fucking open. But the basement doesn't open because I, I don't have a basement. You see what I did there? I didn't lie. Victor looked to see that Tracy had left. He then turned and kissed her. You feel better now? Yeah, Samantha said, licking her lips. Victor sent her home and halted at the steps. He didn't want Tracy to see him until Samantha had left. He had tripped. I hate that boy, Tracy was telling Jantel. She hushed herself when she noticed a light brown skin girl who Victor had been attending inside of the basement. Jantel asked, you going home already, Samantha? Samantha lied, minding her own business. Yeah, because I got to go to church early tomorrow. Jantel nodded and led her to the door, returning to Tracy. See, that girl used to go with Victor, she said. Yeah, he was just talking to her in the basement. Victor popped his head up from the basement door. Hey, Tracy, come here. I want to dance with you, he said, as if it was a closed case. Tracy declined. Nah, that's all right. Well, excuse me, he said, smiling. Victor left, returned to a crowded basement. Jantel smiled at Tracy in the kitchen while she fixed hot dogs. Are those the last of the hot dogs, Jantel's mother asked, walking into the kitchen with them. She was tall, but not half as slender as Jantel was. Yeah, that's the last of them, Jantel answered her. Well, that's it, her mother commented. Them greedy niggas don't get no more. They'll eat you out of a house and home. Which is why I don't have parties in my house. And if I do have parties in my house, I ain't feed nobody. The food is upstairs. Y'all niggas better keep y'all funky asses downstairs. And I better not see nobody no more than two inches close to each other. You better stay a whole length apart from each other. I'm going to be coming through with a flashlight. No touching. Y'all dance like this. You know what y'all do? Y'all do the robot. And the light don't turn off. The light stays on all night. And who the fuck is that in the corner who keeps going, Ooh, cut that shit out. My wife's trying to sleep. Ooh, get the fuck out. Get the fuck out. I don't give a fuck. Get the fuck out. <sighs> the girls giggled as Jantel's mother began to straighten up the kitchen. 
They then decided to finish their discussion inside of the living room. Tracy whispered to her friend excitedly, Should I go dance with them? She hoped that Jantel would say yes, so she could blame her if anything went wrong. It's up to you, Jantel said, knowing Tracy too well. But do you think I should? Jantel smirked. If you want to, she said, keeping it Tracy's decision. Tracy headed down the steps to search for him. Victor was already with another girl, but he promptly stopped dancing when he saw Tracy. He walked over and asked her sternly, So do you want to dance with me or what? Tracy answered him, feeling privileged. I don't care. Victor led her through a crowd and said to the DJ, Ayo, spin. Put computer love on for me and this sweetheart. Oh, yeah, that's just a lick. DJ Spin said, Man, she is sweet little chumpy cuz with pretty ass eyes. Alright then, I'll play it after this. The fuck is a chumpy? I mean, yeah. I mean, okay. So there was chumpy, uh, skeezer, uh, heifer, um, uh, uh, shouty. Shouty is still around, I guess. Um, yeah, that's all I got as far as not dating, but want to indicate that somebody is cute. Tracy wanted to thank the t-shirt wearing DJ for commenting on her eyes, but she didn't receive a chance to. Victor whisked her back to the dance floor with his friends making room for them on demand. Tracy was impressed by the amount of respect they gave him. Victor had the party in check. So you changed your mind about dancing with me, huh? He whispered. Tracy responded harshly. I'm dancing with you, ain't I? She wanted to establish respect, but Victor just smiled. He slow dragged with her, rubbing her firm behind and starting to lick behind her ear. Tracy's nipples hardened. Thirteen, ladies and gentlemen. Victor whispered as he ran his fingers down the back of her thighs. Do you like me? He licked her neck as everyone watched in amazement. I know you like me, don't you? Yeah, Tracy admitted, no longer caring. Victor ran his hands to her lips and kissed her, only to pull away when she got into it. He then led her to the wall and leaned up against her as Tracy tossed her hands around his back. Victor started to kiss her again, rolling her body side to side, back and forth with his. He was possessing her, doing what he did best. Computer Love by Zap went off. DJ Spin followed up with Do Me Baby by Melissa Morgan. She's also in a lot of black plays now. And I just want to say this again for the record. When we read whatever that book was called, Ethic, we read Ethic. I felt a certain sort of way reading about Ethic's 18-year-old daughter when she was 17 and 18 because that's just... I don't like... I can't. I can't. I mean, I have to because I'm fucking reading the book, but I just want to make it simple and plain. The sexualization of teenagers is fucking weird to me to have in a book like and this is a book that's being marketed to young ladies who I guess were like this age when it came out. I don't know. But as an adult, it just doesn't hit. It doesn't. Victor whispered through the song, positioning Tracy's mouth. Stop kissing so hard. Do it slowly. He then stopped and looked into her twinkling hazels. Do you want my phone number? Because I'm about to roll out of here. Yeah, Tracy answered. Victor wrote his number on a piece of paper for her and left the party. So he was there for two songs, locked her down, locked down Samantha, and then dipped. For the rest of the night, Tracy did nothing but think about how romantic he was. She already suspected that she would lose her virginity to him, only wondering when their moment of love would be. 
for the rest of the night, she should have been thinking about how that nigga, before he came and talked to you, went and secured Samantha for the night and did it in front of you. Victor walked up to Samantha's door with a cocky stroll as he wet his lips with his tongue. He walked right into her basement and sat on the couch to take his shoes off. Samantha wore a gray bathrobe with only her panties and bra on under it. You feel nervous, he asked. No. Are your parents sleeping yet? Samantha watched him take off his clothes. Yeah, they sleep. They went to bed an hour ago. Did you bring a blanket down here? Yeah, Victor, but why do we have to do it on the floor? Because it gives you more leverage and it feels better, he told her, opening her robe. Samantha was 15, with a tender body that was without scars. What the fuck? Don't do it so fast, so I like it slow, she told him. Victor said, look, once it starts feeling good, it's hard for me to slow down. Because, you know, he's 16. And, I mean, also 20-year-olds, 30-year-olds, 40-year-olds. Like, niggas, be honest. He slid off her underwear and unclipped her bra, bringing her to the floor with him to lie over a soft blanket. Sam wrapped her legs around his as Victor kissed her naked body and guided himself inside of her, gripping her by the waist and slowly thrusting. He then increased his speed, beginning to pound into her. Yeah, I'm going to read it like that because no. Samantha ran her hands to his hips and attempted to slow down his pace. She could feel herself shaking under his weight. She then pulled his body down to hers, wildly caressing his back and neck. Victor pulled away when she had finished and started up again as if life itself depended on his speed. He flexed over top of her, losing his poise and crashing back onto her chest as he began to suck in air. And they lay there in fresh sweat, completed and not wanting to move, remaining for an hour until Victor snuck back home. Um, maybe he's writing this to show us that Victor really isn't the guy he thinks he is. Like, he's 16, he ain't got no game or nothing. He's got game over these little girls. Which I guess aren't little girls to him, but still the shit's weird. But still, he, he can't do nothing. Like, he's can't control himself. He ain't giving nothing back. He's not reciprocating anything. He's, he's a selfish lover, it seems. And so, he's not the God that he thinks he is. He's just a lot of their first. I think that's what Omar's trying to speak on. I hope. Were you at Gentel's party on Saturday? Carmen asked Tracy that Monday at school. Yeah, why you ask me that, Tracy wanted to know. She wondered if something was wrong. Was Mark Bates there, Carmen asked her. Yeah, Tracy responded, shutting her locker. That boy's a liar then, Carmen snapped. He told me he was going to be at his grandmother's house. Do you talk to him or something, Tracy quizzed. Carmen smiled and said, yeah, sort of. You know Victor that hangs with him? Carmen got excited. Yeah, that boy is the shit. He got everything uptight. He does, Tracy responded with a smile. She already knew how well-respected Victor was, but she didn't mind hearing it again and again. It all increased her liking of him. They dodged junior high school students walking the hallway. So, yeah, okay, I just wanted to make sure. Victor's a high schooler dating a junior high schooler when he dates Tracy, and that's nasty too. I know, I know, a lot of y'all motherfuckers, your dad was... Uh, your dad is like seven years older than your mom. And we're going to break it down again. That if your dad is seven years older than your mom, then when he was 14, she was fucking seven. Which means when he was just becoming a freshman in high school, she was just getting in the first grade. Sit on that for a second. Carmen said, yeah, and his brother plays basketball for college. He'd be on TV and everything. 
How old is his brother? Like 20? And everybody knows Victor? Carmen grinned curiously. Why, you talking to him? No, I just met him, Tracy answered, minding her own business. Well, everybody knows Victor Henson. That's his last name? Yep, because I remember when he played for the Raiders. He played for the Raiders? Yeah, Carmen said. He was number 24 on defense. He was on the older pound team. Because, you know, they got pounds in football. Mighty Mites, Junior Midgets, Midgets. I wonder if they still call them Midgets. Like, I, I'm pretty sure football does not give a fuck. But they ain't changing that name, are they? They hurried to their classes with Tracy thinking about how popular she could become from hanging out with Victor. More people talked about him after class. He was in high school, yet all the students in junior high knew of his rep, and he was known all throughout the neighborhood of Germantown. He even borrowed his brother's white Jetta, driving around on missions to entice unsuspecting girls. And he wanted me to have his phone number, Tracy mused happily. The final bell for school rang, and Tracy hurried out of the building. To her surprise, she was then surrounded by interrogating younger girls. Hey, Tracy, I heard you was kissing Victor at the party. Yeah, she answered, not caring if they knew. You gonna go with them? I don't know, she said, heading home and feeling proud. Well, you should, because I would. Tracy got home and found a boy talking to her next-door neighbor, Rahima. She decided to eavesdrop while sitting out on her steps. The boy asked, can I have your phone number? His sharp brown face shunned under a yellow Kangol hat. I told you no, four times already. God, Rahima snapped at him. Four times, my nigga, why are you still on the steps? Why not? Because I said no. Rahima darted in the house and left the boy outside with Tracy. Tracy smiled at him, hunching her shoulders. He asked her, why she act like that? Because her father's mean as hell and she always be trying to please him. I'd say bunk him if I was her. Is he a big dude? No, Tracy exclaimed with a laugh. You probably kick his ass. He ain't nothing. The Kango hat wearing boy laughed himself before heading off. Tell Rahima that I like her anyway, he said. Tracy knocked on Rahima's door. Rahima let him in. Why was you so mean to him, Tracy asked her. That boy was nice. So what, Tracy? I just wish they would leave me alone, Rahima told her. You could have them. All of them. Tracy smirked and shook her head vehemently. Girl, you just stupid, she said, leaving back out. Rahima didn't pay her any mind. Tracy had been told to begin picking up her brother at 4 o'clock each afternoon from a new nearby daycare center that he would be attending. She had completely forgotten about it, even after Patty reminded her several times. Patty came home with Jason in hand and was pissed. Tracy, I thought I told you to go pick him up. Tracy cringed and threw her hands to her face. Oh my God, Mom, I forgot all about it. Mm-hmm, Patty mumbled. I had you do something as small as that and you can't remember. Dag, Mom, it was only the first day. Patty frowned at her. I've been reminding you for weeks, Tracy. I mean, what the hell's on your mind, girl? I told you to pick him up this morning. I know, Mom, but I forgot. Dag, you act like he's going to die or something. Ooh, shit. Ugh, that's the shit I don't like. Bang, bang. <laughs> Patty looked at her daughter sternly. It's about responsibility, Tracy. Now, if I can't count on you to help me out around here, then don't count on me to do you any favors. Tracy immediately reflected on being able to stay late at Jantel's party. Well, I didn't ask to stay later at Jantel's party. You said I could. Oop. Her mother was being petty. 
This ain't about a damn party, Tracy. This is about you acting more responsible around here, Patty fumed. Now don't forget to pick him up tomorrow. She angrily took off her jacket and set her bags down before walking into the kitchen. And what did I tell you about these damn dishes? She screamed at her daughter from the kitchen. Tracy walked into the kitchen and washed the dishes without a word. Patty left her alone and went up the stairs to her room, feeling a touch of guilt. She was losing control of her emotions, but the hell if she was going to apologize. No one apologized to her. I guess I'm just supposed to do every damn thing around here, she huffed to herself. She closed her door and stretched out in her bed to take a nap. I don't feel like cooking shit tonight. I'll just order in some pizza, she decided. I need a damn vacation. Calgon, take me away. See, that's what I'm saying. Like, she doesn't communicate with anybody. When she's mad, she literally just goes away and thinks these thoughts. Instead of communicating. Like, no one communicates in this family. I don't believe she all mad at me just because I forgot to pick him up one day, Tracy was saying to herself inside the kitchen. Everyone makes mistakes. You see, same thing. One's upstairs, one's downstairs. There's no communication between the two, like mother, like daughter. She finished washing the dishes and decided to give Victor a call to take her mind off her unstable mother. Jason was watching the late cartoons inside of the living room. Victor answered Tracy's call on the first ring. Hello? Tracy greeted him without volunteering her name. What's up? It's about time you called, he told her. Tracy was confused. Who you think this is, she quizzed, praying that he wouldn't call her by another girl's name. He had only given her his number two nights ago. But Victor knew his girls. No one else would play on his phone, so it had to be Tracy. Tracy wasn't trained yet. It's Tracy, right? He guessed. Yeah, she answered, surprised. I thought you were going to call me earlier, he told her. I was, but I didn't get a chance to, she lied to him. Tracy laid out across the couch, wishing he was there with her instead of her brother, Jason. Victor answered nonchalantly, Oh, alright. Tracy asked, What are you doing tomorrow? I don't know. Why? Victor quizzed, thinking she may ask him to come over. This girl might be faster than I thought, he mused. Why don't you come see me tomorrow at my school? Tracy asked him, sounding as innocent as her tender age of 13, ladies and gentlemen. Victor smiled. Tracy wanted to show him off. Alright, what time do you get out? Three o'clock, she responded as if he should have known. Victor snapped. Don't get smart, girl, because I don't have to come. Tracy played it off. Psych, I was only playing, but I gotta go now because my mom has to use the phone. Victor grinned, knowing that she was lying. He shook his head. Yep, she needs a little discipline, he thought. She thinks she's playing me for a sucker, but I got something for her. Alright then, I'll check you out tomorrow. Tracy happily hung up the phone. She was pleased with herself for standing her ground with Victor and for getting him to agree to come see her after school. Victor is thinking the same things like, I know, and I've read this book before, so I know. But y'all are going to see the parallels between Victor and Dave. Like, they're really, really intensely there. Mark Bates asks, who was that? He sat wide-eyed and slim brown in the chair across from Victor. Wide-eyed and slim brown. Victor said, that was that young girl named Tracy. Oh, the chumpy that lives on Diamond Lane? Mark said with a grin. She a tough little junk, cuz. She looked damn good. Victor smiled and said, yeah, I know. He kicked his feelers up on the old brown coffee table in front of him. Mark said, yeah, she dined on me too. She told my young girl, Carmen, that she saw me at the party and shit. Victor chuckled. 
looking at himself inside of a hand mirror. That's why you don't give no alibis to no young girls, cuz. You just tell them that you got something to do. If they press you about where you're going to be, just tell them that it's business. Girls like shit like that. As long as they think you out making money, it's cool. Nigga, you 16. Are you selling dope? Like, what exactly are you? Do you? Do you? Are you a paper boy, Victor? Like, what are you doing? Do you have a lemonade stand, son? Like, what exactly are you doing at 16? There's not a lot of options. And yeah, one of the options was sincerely selling dope. At the age of 16, there's not a lot of ways to make money. I, I can't see Victor spending his time at McDonald's working behind the counter with a uh, a school permit to do it because he's 16. I, I can't. So what are you doing? You mow lawns? Like, what money are you getting, Victor? Hmm. Mark laughed. You be knowing these young girls, huh, cuz? Damn right, Victor said. I done had too many not to. Plus, my brother used to school girls constantly, so I kind of picked up the game from him. When y'all see Victor, what I see is, uh, what's the nigga's name from, from kids? Telly? Was it Telly? Who was having sex with all the little girls and and um, had AIDS? And then raped the girl at the end? Like, was that, was that Telly? Yeah, because Casper was the other one. So yeah, that was Telly. That's who I see. I don't know. 916-633-1537. Wretched and Ratchet at gmail.com. Ratchet Book Club on Twitter. Ratchet Book Club on Facebook. You can leave a review on Spotify. It takes like 13 seconds. You can also leave a review on uh, Podchaser. Copy and paste that into Apple Podcasts. And then copy and paste that into the Good Pods app. You can donate to the show at patreon.com slash single simulcast. One dollar will get you a ton of content. Uh, you can also donate to the show at buymeacoffee.com slash sscast or on the Good Pods app. You can leave a tip in the tip jar. Thank you so much for listening. I greatly appreciate it. Y'all be good. I'm going to you later. Peace. Outro to Ratchet Book Club is by That Kid Garan and it's called Goodbyes. You can email him at tkgbeats94 at gmail.com for more information on how to lease this beat. This is Single Simulcast.